The Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. They're giving away an autographed DeAndre Swift jersey and a merch store gift card. Get all the details by following them on Twitter at SGPN Fantasy. And we're also brought to you today by the MLB Gambling Podcast. They're giving away an MLB jersey as a part of their wild card playoff contest exclusively in the SGPN app. And welcome into the Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me, as always, is my ride or die, Nick Olzak. How are we doing, sir? Doing good, sir. Doing good. Uh, early morning show today, but uh, ready to get into it. Talk some hockey. Season's just about a week away, so uh, there's still a lot to cover. Yep, yep. Yes, sir. We got a lot to get through today. We're going to be going over uh, some new line uh, matchups here in the NHL. Uh, new players moving around the league or te- checking out uh, their offensive line pairings. You know, are we buying? Are we selling these new, you know, tandems? Are, are we going to be getting better stats, less stats, you know, for fantasy-wise? So we're just going to be going around the league a little bit here. Uh, we've got um, probably about a good, you know, eight to ten lines to go through. Handful of teams pretty excited about it. Uh, Nick, you've got some exciting stuff going on. You're making the uh, old college hockey debut. Tell us a little bit of how things are going over there for you. Yeah, everything's going good, or at least as good as it can. We're a first-year team. Um, we've got, yeah, 10 guys right now and three goalies. Uh, made the switch this season after playing for 11 years at four. Now I'm playing defense, so it's a big adjustment at the college level. But uh, we're not getting the victories, but we're having a lot of fun doing it and having playing these games, getting a lot of experience under the belt. And, uh, yeah, we played this weekend against Illinois State, so I'm looking forward to it. Right on, right on. Yeah, Nick plays for the Olivet Nazarene Tigers. Uh, If you're familiar with my football show, we talk a little bit about Olivet. You know, they hosted the Bears training camp, if you're not familiar with them. So, yeah, they started up a hockey team. Nick's uh, starting on defense over there. If you guys ever want to, you know, show some support, go follow them on uh, on Twitter. Uh, Do you know their Twitter handles, like the ONU Tigers Hockey, something like that? Yeah, ONU Tigers Hockey. So give them a follow, check them out, see some of our content. A lot of fun. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, let's dive in. We're going to be talking about some new NHL line matchups here. Uh, first up, we have got uh, the new Calgary Flames line one. We've got Elias Lindholm, Tyler Toffoli, and Jonathan Huberto coming over from the Florida Panthers. Uh, what are your instant reactions from this pairing of, uh, of players here on offense? Um, anything in particular standing out? Are you expecting you know Lindholm and Huberto to kind of keep the same pace they had from last year? Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts about this new line? Yeah, I'm thinking that Huberto and Lindholm keep their same pace, if not a better pace this year. I mm-hmm. think Calgary is still going in a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I do see a little bit more value in Tyler Toffoli playing with those two guys. I think he's someone that's kind of a dark horse in fantasy that you can definitely be able to pick up at a lower value than you would before. And uh, as for the second line with uh, Manji Apani, Kadri, mm-hmm. and Dubé, I actually feel like Kadri, the new guy on that line, is going to kind of take a step back, but not mm-hmm. by a lot. I think playing on that Colorado team where you have a very bulky roster, a lot of depth, I think that um, it really helped, showed in his play, and uh, he was a key contributor. However, new uh, team, new faces, um, I think he'll take a little bit of a step down, but not as much. I think his play will kind of stay consistent, but overall, um, 
good moves for Calgary. Yeah, I don't. I don't really think they're bad. I, it's kind of hard for me to buy that Lindholm or Huberdeau though are going to go over their totals from last year. Huberdeau thirty and eighty five, well over hundred points total. Uh, Lindholm, another another player with a, a career season, forty two and forty. I feel like they're just high numbers, you know. And it's tough to fee, uh, see like how that chemistry is going to develop right away. Um, so for those guys, I mean, you're as far as like draft capital goes in fantasy, you're getting them at their draft capital. Like you know, you, if you're if you're picking these guys. They're going in the first handful of rounds. You know, there's not really going to be any surprises where you're going to draft them. But I agree with you. Tyler Toffoli, definitely the value pick out of this group, had 20 goals and 29 assists last season with uh, shared stints in Montreal and Calgary. And he he moved all up and down this lineup uh, for uh, for the Flames last year. So I'm, I'm excited to see him at the top here with Lindholm and Huberto. Interesting to see how that unfolds. He is definitely the buy candidate there. Like I said, Lindholm and Huberto. You're just getting them, you know, where they're going in, in your drafts. Like you're not going to be able to really pull them up the board or, um, you know, really get them at value because they're not names that are going to sneak around people. I agree with you. Nazem Kadri, I feel like is kind of uh, a regress candidate. Um, you know, if you're like in dynasty, maybe a sell candidate at, at his age coming off a career year, 28 goals and 59 assists. That was with the Colorado Avalanche, a much higher pace of offense. Now, Mangiapane, he can score, you know, 35 goals last year. I'm thinking that he can still be a 30-plus goal scorer, and I actually like him as a buy candidate, someone that I'm willing to pull up the board a little bit or go after uh, maybe in um, like a dynasty format trade because he has a great two-way player in Kadri alongside him. I'm just assuming that Manjapani is going to kind of carry that scoring load. Um, as far as Dylan Dube's concerned, 18 goals, 14 assists last year, has an opportunity to maybe take a bump forward playing with a couple of um, you know really good players. Kadri, like I said, really good two-way player. Manjapani, great scorer. Maybe Duke can kind of fill in there, but he's going to be someone that's going to be on the waiver wire. You know, like he, he's going to be someone that opens up the year that's going to be readily available for you. You really don't have to take any risks. You know, he's he's not even really someone that I want to take with like the last pick in the draft. You know, I took Connor Brown, mm-hmm. who's playing with the Capitals now in, in my last pick. I'm hoping that he maybe gets some exposure to, to their line, one with Ovechkin. I just feel like there's a, a few other you know names around the league that we can concentrate on with like the last couple of picks before we reach for a guy like Dylan Dube. Do do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, Dylan Dube, like you said, will definitely be a solid waiver wire acquisition. However, I want to see him get a few games under his belt, playing on that second line, see if he actually stays on the second line, because Mm -hmm. uh, once the season starts, these lines could change tremendously. And so you never know where these guys are going to play and where they're going to stay. And Mm -hmm. so I think if uh, Dylan Dube plays a few games and shows that – he can play second line style of hockey that the Calgary Flames play. I think he's definitely someone that you look at. But right now, it's too early in the season. Right now, I think I'd pass on him. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And yeah, once we get a little bit better eyes on him, what that line is doing, maybe they move him around, maybe they fill up somebody else into that spot, then we can react a little bit better. Um, speaking of you know line mixtures, good segue here, because I don't know how long this, this group is going to last. <sighs> Our Chicago Blackhawks, Max Domi. Andreas Athanasanu and Patrick Kane. Wow. Talk about <laughs> underwhelming, underwhelming, and please, please don't get traded. Uh, yeah, Nick, I have a lot of concerns about this group here. Max Domi, you know, he went nine and 23 last year. I just don't know what type, nine goals and 23 assists, be more clear. Um, right. I just don't know what type of player he wants to be. You know, when he came into the league, he was a lot fat. I mean, maybe not faster, but he was playing more aggressively. He was laying the body a lot more. He was he was blocking a lot of shots, and that hasn't really been the player or, or the role that he's established the last two seasons. 
been it feels like he's come, be, becoming more of a scorer, like more of a contributor in the box score, which is nice. But he's a line one center now, and I don't know if the last two seasons he's averaged over 15 minutes played per game. A lot of concern there. Feel like the wheels are going to fall off. The engine's going to break down somewhere, you know, through like the second quarter of the season. And then you have Andres Athanasiou, who hasn't played over 50 games in the last four or five seasons. Also concerning. He had 11 goals and six assists last year. He could have been minus 24. He could have been minus 10. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know off the top of my head. Um, but not a guy that you like. You really trust out there to you know hold his own, hold the hold the line, right? And then Patrick Kane, who failed to score 30 goals last year on a pretty underwhelming Blackhawks team, did have 66 assists. I mean, seeing Kane with this group, it, it kind of it kind of makes me hesitate. Like I, I I can't take the previous you know MVP candidate. I can't take the guy that's won us a couple of Stanley Cups. Like I, I feel like this keeps Kane kind of like in a you know no man's land. Don't touch him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking at this line, it's get, like you said, very underwhelming. Max Domi, he was very good as a third, fourth line depth player in Carolina, which is where he should be, I think. I think he's someone that can contribute 15, 16 minutes a night. But uh, playing on the Chicago team where he's going to be playing 19, 20, upwards of 20 minutes a night, it's going to be tricky. As for Patrick Kane, it's just so unfortunate for him. It's almost. I don't even know how to put it. Like last year playing with Stroman to Brinkett, he had options. He had uh, guys he could pass to. He had things he could do, mm-hmm. um, ways to be able to work the puck around because, <laughs> well, he had 60 assists. To Brinkett had 40 goals, and so he was moving the puck down nicely. But now mm-hmm. you have a guy who passes the puck like this. Who is he going to pass to? Athens, is he going to put the puck in the back of the net? Nope. Is Domi going to put the puck in the back of the net? Maybe. I don't know. But I think – this whole line is a sell line for sure, 100%. Patrick Kane, even in our draft, went later than expected, and he came across my screen, and I thought, eh. I said no. <laughs> Do I want to take him? And then I realized, looking at some of the, his numbers, that, yeah, he's not. he was a terribly low, yeah, terribly high in the minus category last year, so that never helps for fantasy. And he's not going to have anyone to move the puck to. And, um, yeah, just sell this whole line. Just we're, we're taking the year off in Chicago. We don't even want to talk about this here. On it, well, I'm gonna, we're going to move on to the line, too, here, because we've got Taylor Radish uh, for, the, for the Hawks and Jonathan Taves and Tyler Johnson. I only bring this line up because, I mean, these guys were all there last year. But it's a new grouping. Uh, TJ, you know, he only played 26 games last year. Radish played 22 games for the Blackhawks last year after coming over from Tampa. And i got to say, like, I think Taylor Radish is going to be, you know, someone that pops up off the, off the waiver wire pretty early. And in a deeper format, I I might be willing to spend some capital on him. He had 10 points, 6 goals, 4 assists in 22 games last year played with the Blackhawks. He only had uh 22 points total last year and he still played over 70 games. Uh, he was playing uh playing some meaningful time in uh, in Tampa Bay. Um I I kind of feel like he should be playing alongside Kane to be honest cuz he would be a guy that I would you know, kind of trust to put the puck in the back of the net. But then what are you going to do? You're going to swap him out with Athanasanyu, and then you got him, TJ, and Taves. Like, that's that's not going to work out. I feel like t- they're trying to get a poor man's Andrew Shaw out of either Max Domi or Tyler Johnson, and <laughs> mm-hmm. they're just epically failing at both. Like, it's just not yeah. happening, guys. Like, it's hard to find a guy like Andrew Shaw. Exactly. But, uh, Taylor Radish, I think he's going to be very underrated. He's going to pop onto some people's radars this year. Um, came over from Tampa, like you said, 
And over there, he never really got the opportunity. He was a fourth liner, got a lot of AHL minutes. But now, all of a sudden, he's a second-line player on this team. And I think playing on that second-line role is going to really benefit him. I could see him putting up 50 points, maybe a little bit more this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, watching him play last year, he looked really good on the power play. He found that spot right in the dots, right, got to the front of the net, did a good job of that, put a couple goals in on the power play last year. And so I think Taylor Radish is going to be a very good option. As for Jonathan Taze, uh, th- there's nothing to say about Jonathan Taze. He, he had the worst, worst year of his career last year. As, mm-hmm. as, as, as someone who puts 19 on their back more than the average Joe direct, you mm-hmm. know, throughout this, the hockey season, like it's pretty sad, man. 12 mm-hmm. and 25. Minus 14. I I almost had a little tear coming down the side of my face when I saw that. I was like, minus 14 for Jonathan Taves? Like, mm-hmm. you know, a stealthy finalist candidate every single year, like the first handful of years in, in the league. Like, and it's mm-hmm. come to this. Like, man, this organization well, is, is really burning these guys. This is crazy. The funny part about Jonathan Taves is, well, he had, yeah, 12 goals last year. I don't think he scored his first goal until about December. It was a long time last year, and uh, I was actually at one of the games that he scored a goal, which is like a very rare occurrence, and so, um, yeah, Jonathan Taze is really starting to slow down. Definitely no value there. Tyler Johnson might be someone that could pop up here and there on the waiver wire, maybe get string together a few good games based on the matchups for the Blackhawks, but he's not someone that I would want to put any capital in. But overall in this top six, the only one that I would want to maybe put capital in is Taylor Radish because he's still young. He's got a big opportunity here on the second line, looked really good on the power play. And I think uh, you could see him move up to the first line possibly, but um, you would have to reconfigure your lines a little bit. Well, I would, I would assume he's going to play heavily um, on the power play because they'll probably move, you know, Pat Kane up to the point. You know, I like mm-hmm. they, they like to rotate in, you know, the um, – the strong shooters. Let me see. Uh, I don't know. According to the lineups uh, online, they say that Max Domi's on the point, and they've got uh, Athanasanu, Kane, and Radish at forward. And then mm. the second power play is Taves, Enta Whistle, and Lucas Reichel. Ugh. Well, they just sent down Lucas Reichel, so that can't be right. Well, maybe it's just not updated then. Yeah, yeah. we'll see what we get. Like we're we're only a week away, so we'll get those updates mm-hmm. here pretty soon. Uh, let's hit a, a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll get back into some more a new line matchups here shortly. Thinking of joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time because new customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. If you're looking to join WinBet, the biggest winner's club, whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBet odds get, odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week, someone turned $6 into $4,000. Plus, they got a $1,000 free bet on top of that. WinBet truly is for DGENs only. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K, no extra charge. 
over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices, never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV for free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to Fubo.com backslash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V dot com slash SGP. All right, right on. And we're back in the mix, cutting it up here. We're talking about new NHL lines around the league. We got players moving around. We're checking in on some new lineup pairings. Uh, This first one here, mostly uh, the same guys in the same place. Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rontanen, but Arturi Likanen moving up the lineup. I was with them last year, was with Colorado. He came in over a trade uh, from Montreal. Uh, played just uh, 16 games, but had nine points. Are you into buying some Arturi Likanen stock? Yeah, definitely. Um, playing alongside McKinnon and Ranton and alone just adds so much value to a fantasy player. And he's going to get those minutes playing with those guys. And I think they're going to move the puck to him. He's going to move the puck to them. I think it's definitely an easy win for Lekkonen, and I don't think he'll have a lot of value in fantasy. I think he'll be someone that you can definitely pick up easily and someone that uh, has very low ownership rate. So, yeah, mm-hmm. hype up some Arturi Lekkonen. No, not, not much more to say about him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, playing along McKinnon and Rantanen, are you concerned like when Landeskog comes back? You know, Do you think that they'll move him maybe to line two, or do you think that Lekkonen will get pushed down and that will maybe decrease his stock a little? Mm-hmm. Well, I think if Lekkonen plays well on that line, I could see a second line of Newhook, Nachushkin, and Landeskog. I right. think having two power forwards alongside Newhook wouldn't be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Landeskog moves the puck well, and um, I think yeah, that him on that second line could be good if Lekkonen um, really shows that he can play in the first line. And that just gives Colorado more depth, allows you to move more guys down the lineup, and it makes them more inclined to have uh, – better chance of the Stanley Cup. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of moving into that line, too, you've got Alex Newhook, uh, Valerie, Valerie Nishushkin, and Evan Rodriguez. If you're a fan of the show, you'll know that I'm not a fan of Evan Rodriguez. And I, I dogged the man quite a bit last season. He still finished with one of his better seasons, 19 goals, 24 assists, um, was not uh, negative. I think he was like a plus four, plus three, had a lot of shots on net. I just have a lot of question marks with him. You know, as far as like a fantasy perspective goes, he did not feel like someone that I could trust. He did not feel like he had a safe floor day in and day out. (laughs) Coming over the avalanche, obviously that's going to change some things, right? Like, you know, more offense, you know, playing on the power play for sure. And Newhook, you know, he finished with 13 goals and 20 assists last season. Someone also that doesn't really fit the bill of confidence for me, but I love me some Valerie Nishushkin and I have to feel like, He's going to be a big focal point on this line. For me, he's a he's a buy candidate, and I'm just going to hold off on Newhook and Rodriguez. Those are more guys that I want to wait for on waiver wire. I feel like Rodriguez is probably getting drafted probably in the last handful of rounds of your fantasy hockey drafts. Newhook most likely going undrafted, and that's exactly where I'm going to leave him. I just feel like it's a little bit more risky with the other players that I can grab. Um, you know, I, I mentioned to you guys before in the last episode, you know, we were getting – Braden Point really late. We were getting Rupe Hints really late. You know, line one centers that are going to be playing a lot more minutes than a guy like Alex Newhook, who, while he's playing on a good team, may not get just that that same bump of offense. You know, again, not it's a little bit less talent on line two as well. I mean, before when you had you know Kadri and Landeskog and uh, who was the, who was the guy that went up to Seattle? Uh, uh, Burkowski. 
Yeah, Barakovsky. Like they, th- this is not as a deep of a group, right? Especially with the the Key Landeskog injury. So it's going to be interesting to see how that fills out. I have to assume Nishushkin, who's coming off a twenty five goal season, is going to be the like the focal point of offense in that group. That's that's really only the only place I'm willing to lay my chips right now. Uh, so I would wait it out on Newhook and Rodriguez. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think uh, Newhook, like Nishushkin's spot is set, I believe, on that second line. But Newhook and mm-hmm. Rodriguez, I think. They can switch out for some other guys. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried JT Comp on that line, a Logan O'Connor, even uh, an Andrew Cogliano. I wouldn't be surprised if you see those lines move around a little bit, but I definitely <coughs> think the Chushkin's going to stay. And especially what he signed, like an eight-year contract in the offseason, I think he's definitely going to live up to the payday, and I think he's going to play some solid hockey. And I think he actually did go in our uh, draft. What do you go to Tom's top shelf? Yeah. Who was that? At- Comfort? Uh, Nishushkin. Oh, Nishushkin. Sorry. Yeah. He'd stolen from me. Yeah. And like the later rounds and, uh, Mm -hmm. a guy like that is definitely someone, if you haven't drafted that yet, that you can get in the later rounds for sure. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be able to get a lot of minutes playing on the second line. And to put a little more Nishushkin, that first power play unit they're running right now is Nishushkin, Lekkanen, and, uh, Rantanen at center with Mm -hmm. McCarr and McKinnon on the point. So I think that he's going to get a lot of uh, opportunity on that power play to put the puck in the puck in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah, I'm with some Valerie Nishushkin stock, and definitely a name that you can draft later uh, in your fantasy hockey drafts. Absolutely, I think he went in the last four rounds. Uh, yeah, it was it was late, I think, and because uh, I just remember seeing uh, whatever your comment, it was like, yeah, nice pick, and it was yeah later in the yeah, draft because I got sniped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. All right, next up, a um, couple more buy-low situations here. We got the line one for the Columbus Blue Jackets. We got Boone, Jenner, Patrick Liney, and Mr. Senior Hockey, Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau, 40-75 and 75 last year. Absolutely unbelievable numbers. A regress candidate for me, just because you know the numbers are so high. I don't know if he's going to necessarily repeat that production, but I really, really love what he's going to do on this line, boosting the value of Boone Jenner and Patrick Liney, who are huge fantasy values. Like they are, they are not being drafted in the first eight rounds whatsoever. These guys could be great steals for you in the back end of your draft. Liney last year on a very underwhelming team went 26 and 30. Boone Jenner went 23 and 21. I feel like those numbers are going to climb this year. What do you think? Yeah, I think you hit it right on the nail. I think Boone Jenner stock is going to go up for sure. If he stays on that line, even if he doesn't, whoever's playing with those guys, whether they move uh, Jack Rosovic up or Cole Sillinger, one of those centers, whoever they play on that line, their mm-hmm. stock is going to be very high. I do agree Johnny Goudreau is going to be a regress candidate because, uh, yeah, playing with Lindholm and Kachuk in Calgary, they, that, line was, <laughs> that line was just absurd last yeah, year. that's a little they different. Each had 100 points. They were the best line in hockey. Right. And so I think when you take them <laughs> off that line, I think you're looking at probably an 85, 90 point guy. As for Patrick Line, I think uh, he'll also he'll probably be a 30 goal scorer, 35 goals again. Mm-hmm. I think that he'll be uh, pretty solid. But I know last year he was cold for a while. I think in the beginning of the year, and then he just went on a tear where he had mm-hmm. points and whatever 18 straight or something, and. Um, yeah, I think you could see a little bit more consistency out of him this year, especially playing with Johnny Goudreau. So I think definitely Jenner and Line are definitely by candidates, but for sure Goudreau I think is a sell candidate because I definitely do see him regressing. 
Yeah, I mean, even if he gets, you know, 80, 90 plus points, that's a great season, obviously. But, mm-hmm. you know, going over the, the, the 100 mark, I, I feel like it's going to be a little difficult. And even if he does, like, what did he have, 115? Even if he mm-hmm. had like 100, 100 points, you know what I mean? Like, it's so yeah. weird, a, a regression from last year. But it can mm-hmm. still be a very good season and help out your fantasy team. You may mm-hmm. just wind up paying a little bit more for him than you might think. All right, next up, we've got uh, line two of the Dallas Stars. Uh, really no big changes here other than adding my boy, Mason Marchman, Mason Money Marchment, Mr. Cash All the Props Marchman. I had 47 points in 54 games last year for the Florida Panthers. Is that production going to translate over to this line two with Tyler Sagan and Dennis Giriano? Um... Honestly, was it, was it Florida? Was it the, was it was it the guys around him, or was it really the money marchman? I think it was the guys around him. I think that Florida team was very deep, and uh, I, I don't think that he stays on this first line. I think you're looking at more of a second, third line guy because just this is late in the this is yeah, uh, yeah Stegen, Giriano, yeah. and, and Marshman are line two. Gotcha, but um. Yeah, I think um, you could see a lot of guys move around. I think Jamie Benn could come up in that line. Jason Robertson could come down. You could see a lot of yeah. line movement. But yeah, I think Robertson. that he was he was on a very good team, and his role wasn't as big as uh, some of the other guys he played with while he was a third, fourth-line guy in Florida. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be curious to see what uh, he does in Dallas. And I think he's definitely someone that's a watch list candidate. I wouldn't give him a buy or a sell yet, but I just simply want to see, you know, new team, new face. I want to see what he does first, get a little, few games in before I would put him on my radar. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that you're going to have to draft this guy, but I would spend, you know, my second or my last round pick on him just to, just to take that flyer. Like, you know, he, he fits mm-hmm. like that same role as like, say, Connor Brown, who I was mentioning, um, who I believe is far less than a point per game player. Um, obviously, Marchman's kind of in a prove-it situation here because he was playing on a very good Florida team with, like you said, a huge amount of depth. They had a lot of offensive power over there. I like the combination, though, of him, Sagan, and Giryanov. Giryanov a little bit more physical. Sagan's a good two-way player. And Mark, Mark, Mason Marchman, I feel like, is going to be that scorer for them. I could, I agree with you that they may mash up the top line a little bit because they just have so much talent up there between Rupe Hintz, Joe Pavelski, and my, my boy, Jason Robertson. Um, so I could see maybe Pavelski coming down. Maybe they mix it up a little bit just to kind of spread the talent around. If that were to happen, if you saw Marchment, Sagan, and Pavelski, I feel like that would be changing your your, your tone mm-hmm. a little bit here. Oh, yeah. I think playing with uh, P- Sagan and Pavelski, I think that uh, there's a little bit more upside than playing with Kiryanov. And, uh, yeah, just based on the guys who he's playing with, I think will uh, decrease or increase his value for sure, at least to get started out here. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Giriano fan. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't doesn't really do a whole lot. Good physical player, gets in front of some pucks. You know, likes to block mm-hmm. some block some shots and play physical. But you know, if you're not in one of those leagues, that's really over overwhelmingly rewarding physical play, like hits or uh, checking, or whatever. Like, eh, you're probably not going to get too much. So, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to hit another quick word from the sponsors, and then we'll be back with uh, more new line pairings around the NHL. Do you ever wish that before every NFL game you could get up to date and get accurate information before placing bets or lo- or locking in your fantasy football lineup? Well, now you can with the Elias Game Plan app, the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. Whether you're a part of a fantasy tournament, 
placing bets, or just a huge sports fan and stats nerd, Elias Game Plan has everything that you need. Take, take this NFL season to the next level and download the Elias Game Plan app today. Choose from three uh, game plans when you subscribe, weekly, monthly, monthly, or annually. But today, I can get you 25% off your first month when you choose the monthly subscription. Just use our promo code SGPN25. Find the Elias Game Plan Sports Betting app in the App Store or Play Store today and use my promo code SGPN25. That's 20% off with free shipping. Oh, that's not, that's extra. (laughs) No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for a shot of winning 250K in cash. Download the app, choose the contest, select your player props, earn points for correct fits, picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot with big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20x your entry if you hit all your picks. But on up to five player props over under individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, it's also where you play, and you won't want to miss out on this. Sign up today with promo code SGPN at nonnohouseadvantage.com or download the app to get a first deposit match up to $25. All right, right on. We're back. We're talking new lines around the NHL, new offensive line pairings. This next one up we're looking at here is line two of the Detroit Red Wings. We've got Jacob Vrana returning for the Red Wings, but we've got a couple of new forwards in Andrew Kopp and David Perron. Uh, Perron finished with 27 goals and 30 assists last year, coming in as a, as a top scorer on this line. Uh, Andrew Kopp actually moved away from Winnipeg to the New York Rangers and now lands uh, in Detroit after free agency. Uh, I feel like this is kind of a nice low-key by low group here. I mean, Jacob Vrana had 19 points in 26 games last year. Cop is coming off a pretty respectable season, 13 goals, 22 assists. You know, pr- pretty solid two-way forward, you know, playing um, good minutes up the middle of the ice. And like I said, David Perron coming in as uh, someone who put up 57 points last year feels like he'll be the offensive uh, pulse on this line. Uh, honestly, where these guys are being drafted, they're just they're going for free. You know, you can mm-hmm. get these guys well at the back end of your drafts. Are, are you buyers of any of these players? Um, as of right now, yeah, I think David Perron, I'm for sure buying. I think, like you said, he's going to be the pulse of this offense. As uh, Andrew Kopp, I think he's also going to be a very solid pick. I think uh, any one of these guys, you can get him at the back end of your draft, if not at the end of the draft on the waiver wire. But, um, yeah, I see a lot of upside to everybody on this line. If I had to pick a sell candidate, I would probably say Jacob Verana. Um, I don't see as much uh, potential in him as I see in Kopp and Perron. And this mm-hmm. Detroit team as a whole, they did a lot this offseason, bringing in guys like Dominic Kubelik, uh, mm-hmm. David Perron, Andrew Kopp, Ben Chirac. Just a lot of guys bringing in this team, and you could expect this team here to be making the playoffs in the next uh, two to three years. I don't mm-hmm. think this year they're playoff bound yet. I think they're just short. I think you're looking at probably a 35-38 win team. But uh, yeah, I would definitely... Get in on some uh, David Perron. Andrew Kopp is a close second. And uh, Jacob Verona is definitely the sell candidate in this situation. Yeah, I'm looking at my uh, – you and I did a 10-team league. I'm looking at my 12-team league. 
And Verano went in the 15th round, fourth pick of the 15th round. Cop was not drafted out of the total of 16 rounds. And David Perron went the round before in round 14. So Perron and Verano were picked within seven picks of each other to close the draft. And the mm-hmm. last third to last and second to last round. So those are really good values. Those guys are going to be playing a lot of minutes. Perron could very well be a 30 goal scorer that you're getting in, you know, literally the last few rounds here. I'm not sure of, you know, Andrew Cop hitting like that, that mark. I think Cop's ceiling is probably around 50 to 60 points. And I don't know if he hits that, but Verona and Perron, I feel like should be valued. Like, I feel like they're a very good mixture. Both can score, both can pass. You have Cop mm-hmm. who can play up the middle of the ice, play physical, you know, do the dirty work in the corner. So I really like this group and I feel like they're kind of, you know, at least as far as like ADP goes and like draft stock, I feel like they're it's almost uh, getting disrespected here. So yeah, I definitely love those values in the back end of my draft. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Cop didn't even get drafted in that format. He wasn't even picked in 16 rounds, 12 teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what brings their value down a little bit is the fact that that's on a playoff team over there yet. Sure. And uh, yeah. And I think that uh, you put them on a playoff team. I think their values can be a little bit higher. But Detroit, they're definitely on the come up for sure. And mm-hmm. so I think throughout the season, their value is going to grow more and more. And so I would get on them now right away, especially if you're in a dynasty league. I would mm-hmm. definitely snag one of these guys because they definitely have bright futures. thousand percent. All right, next up, we've got line two for the Florida Panthers. I don't know how long this sticks around like this, but they've got Matthew Tuchuk on line two with Sam Bennett and Colin White. Um not excited about Colin White playing with those two players. I have to imagine there's going to be some reworking there. Someone's going to earn some playing time and has a scoring touch down a stretch or something, and, and White's going to get pulled there. Ten points in 24 games last year uh, for the Ottawa Senators, but I, you know, I don't know what you look at from Colin White's game and just say like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I need that. I, I got to get, I got to get that in my lineup. I, I, I don't know what it is. Sam Bennett, I, I feel like, is a nice buy-low candidate. 28 goals last season, 21 assists. Not a very name-brand player. Going to get a lot more playing time, playing as that second-line center. And he's playing alongside Matthew Tuchuk, which I believe makes him a very strong buy candidate. Matthew Tuchuk, I've drafted him. You're going to get him in the first you know, couple of rounds, first, second, third round, depending on where your draft stock falls. Wouldn't be someone that I, I, I need to pull into the first round. Most likely going to take him in like the, in the second or third if I can. So you're drafting him at his ceiling. He had over 100 points last year. I believe it was 104, 105 points. Like you had mentioned that mm-hmm. Calgary line one playing lights, ah, hockey. <laughs> um, I feel like he may dip a little bit. Like he may be that 90 to 100 points, 85 to 100 points type of player. But I think his production is still going to be very valuable. But I do see him regressing from last year. Um, so, yeah, you're getting to Chuck where he's being drafted. Sam Bennett, I feel like, should be targeted late, and I'm off of Colin White. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I'm definitely off on Colin White for sure. Just Really, there's so many other guys in this lineup that I think could totally just slot in that second-line role, which I think you'll see. I think Patrick Hornquist could uh, slot into that role. I think E2 Luster-Renin could get up there. I think mm-hmm. even uh, toss Bennett on the wing and put Lundell on that second line. I think there's a lot of options. And where Colin White's not going to stay there that long. As for uh, Matthew Kachuk, I don't think he's going to stay on that second line too long. I think he will definitely play with uh, Barkov and probably Reinhardt on that first line because he is a first-line hockey player. We saw it in Calgary. We saw that he could play those minutes, and so I don't see any reason why he should be playing on the second line over there. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think Kachuk is going to take – 
a little bit of a dip in points. And I think the whole Florida Panthers team as a whole, they're going to take a little bit of a dip this year. I don't see them being that President's Trophy winning team. I think you're still probably looking at about a 42-45 win team, but they're not going to be as good as they were last year. I think with their losses that losing Uyghur, losing uh, Huberto, I don't think they're going to be as good. Well, I think Kachuk is good. I don't think they're just, yeah, they're not going to be the team they were last year. And Their, their uh, lineup yeah. definitely took some hits for, for certain. Yeah, and so on that line, I would definitely say uh, I would uh, buy Kachuk for now. I would uh, watch list, definitely Sam Bennett. He's definitely a guy who's going to go in those late rounds. Definitely someone you can pick up. And definitely get Colin White off this line. I don't even know why we're talking about him on this show. That's, 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 that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like he's, like he's, There's no fantasy value there whatsoever. 10 points in 24 games last year. And but like I said, he's playing with Ottawa. So like it's, it's tough to see you know, because maybe you're just playing super uninspired hockey. You, know, you just make it mm-hmm. to the show and, hey, I play for Ottawa. This is it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like uh, sometimes you're just playing a lot of hungover hockey. <laughs> that seems like a place yeah, to no do kid. it. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, not not someone that I'm on. Yeah, they definitely need kind of a bit, of a bit of a lineup shakeup or go out there and buy somebody that might be available early on. I, whether it's you know someone still hanging around in free agency or making a you know buy low trade for somebody. I like Anton Lundell a lot. Someone who just like absolutely crushed plus minus last year. I'd like to see him get a shot up on one of these top lines. I mean, obviously they don't have much talent in the bottom foursome, uh, but I, I feel like they could make that up somewhere, whether it's a call up, whether it's a, a trade that they can make. Let me take a look. Anthony Duclair is hurt. So when he comes back, you know, there could be a little bit more of an upside there. Maybe you get him into that line too. I feel like that that's a lot better, right? Like to Chuck, right. Sam Bennett, Anthony Duclair, maybe that's mm-hmm. the way it goes, but I could also see them throwing Anthony Duclair on line three with Lundell as well. So yeah. we'll see how that folds uh, unfolds when he returns. All right, next up here, uh, we've got about three lines left and we're going to head out. We're going to do this next line of uh, line one of the uh, Las Vegas golden Knights. We've got Jack Eichel, Phil Kessel and Riley Smith. I haven't been a big Jack Eichel guy. He had 25 points in 34 games last year. I like the addition of Phil Kessel, but Again, this is kind of another situation, kind of similar to Max Domi, where I feel like in the second quarter, third quarter of the season, the wheels are going to fall off for Kessel. The engine's going to slow down. It's going to start breaking down. Just an older player, and he's been playing in the desert with the Coyotes for a while, kind of in that similar situation where, like, hey, boys, we're playing today. Might be playing a little hungover, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, you know, they're, they're going to play in a college, you know, hot, uh, ice rink, right? Like, they don't even mm-hmm. have their own arena anymore. Right. You know, the culture – a little underwhelming, we'll say, in Phoenix. Just a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Coming into the Golden Knights, a, a lot more structure, a stronger culture as, as well, right? So more of a winning attitude in, in the locker room. Do you think like those factors are going to play into Phil Kessel's potential production? He went 8-44 and 44 last year, over you know 50 points, but I don't know if that's enough for me to value him in fantasy. you got to love who he's playing with in Eichel and, and Riley Smith. I'm, a, I'm Honestly, I like Riley Smith the most out of these guys. It's just like a fan you know, point of view, right? So... Uh, I'm not really high on Eichel, not taking it where he's being drafted, staying off of Kessel. I'd like to grab some Riley Smith. What are, what are your thoughts here? Uh, yeah, I definitely um, think just going straight to Jack Eichel, um, I think he, there's a lot for him to prove. I think there's very high expectations for him with uh, not a lot of numbers to back it up yet. He played the 34 games last year and put up 25 points. But uh, is that enough to want to be able to draft him in the early rounds of your draft? For me, it's a no. I said no to Jack Eichel. I had a couple chances where I could have taken him. 
but he's not someone I would want to take because he just doesn't have that proof that he's going to be solid in Vegas. He hasn't had a full season under his belt. Phil Kessel, I think um, I think Phil Kessel could surprise some people this year. I think playing with Jack Eichel will definitely help him. And the one thing to point out is he's not playing in the desert anymore. And the desert, when you go down south like that, your uh, your numbers are going to take a hit. And it's shown with a lot of players that have gone and played in Arizona. But um, in the last season, I think he played in, I think it was Pittsburgh before he went to uh, the desert. I think he was point a game, if not close to it. Uh, he was, yeah. When, when he was when he was playing with uh, with Malkin and Crosby, I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, but you're close to it with a Jack Eichel. I mean, you're talking. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have you eat some crow there, pal. I don't just back off on the Jack mm-hmm. like Malkin and Crosby. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm not oh. saying he's gonna be like at that level, he's, but I think he, he'll put up a A1 center. center. He's a, he's an A one center. I just don't put him in those same tiers or categories. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, Kessel his production will definitely take will show a little bit of an uptick for sure. I think he'll have more than eight goals. And as for Riley Smith, I think he's uh another solid value candidate on this line playing with these two guys, his value is definitely going to go up. And this Golden Knights team is, has a lot of question marks around it, whether mm-hmm. it's their offense, their goaltending. And so I'll be curious to see uh, where these guys end up once the season starts. Yeah, I would assume because their their back-end play is going to be a little bit weaker, uh, there's going to be plenty of offense um, in Vegas for those guys. Like I said, I, I think Eichel, I, yeah, he's a fine player. I just don't want to you know draft him where he's – you know, being uh, taken off the board, he went in round three in my 16-round yeah. 12-team draft. No, that's way too early for, for him. Like I said, what, do I have his games down? He only played 34 games last year. Mm-hmm. He's been a player that's uh, been on, on and off the injury list, someone who can't consistently stay healthy, you know, and I don't know. He kind of has, like, that chip on his shoulder, like that attitude that I just don't necessarily appreciate from athletes when, you know, they clearly show that they're disgruntled by the mm-hmm. media. Like it, it always feels like the public almost plays a role in the production of Jack Eichel because you know he's just so emotional and so just it's just so fueled with attitude in his interviews when when he gets asked about mm-hmm. stuff like he can't let anything fall off his shoulders you know what I mean there's it feels like there's always a stick up his ass I don't know what it is mm-hmm. yeah give me some give me some Riley Smith who wasn't drafted at all by the way in my sixteen round um, sixteen round draft Eichel like I said went in the third. Phil Kessel was not selected either. I'll take the players around him to kind of scoop up that value rather than targeting him anywhere, anywhere before round six. And like I said, he right. went round three in that one. I don't know if you know where he went in our draft, but that's way too rich for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to hit one final word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with our last two lines to review here. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Trade Coffee, but it's a great brand that you need to get behind. Uh, The coffee I get from Trade is so good, I can't believe how much I like it, uh, what they pick for me. And their team actually worked with me to create my own custom collection, which is great for me because, you know, I'm someone who's always up early doing the crazy stuff for the SGPN network, working all night long. I need a couple of cups of joe, you know, throughout the day here. Uh, and um, And if I got what is going on really up your alley, Trade will also have whatever you want. Uh, You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, and you can also uh, take their coffee quiz to get expertly matched with coffees that you will love. So if you want to support a small business and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order 
plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off your subscription to one of the best coffees in the country. Go check them out, man. You, we're also brought to you by Odds Trader. You might ask what Odds Trader is. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Some key points and features of OddsTrader, we have handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores and bet trafficking, player statistics, key game statistics, projected game day weather. Bet Tracker also allows you to keep a record of all your games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com back backslash blue wire. OddsTrader is the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, man, we're back. We're going to close down the show with a couple more lines here. This next one, very excited about it. I know we talked about it on our last show. Tim Stetzel, Claude Jaru, and Alex Debrinkit. Me and Nick are very familiar with Debrinkit being Blackhawk fans. Debrinkit scored 41 goals and 37 assists last year, uh, totaling 78 points. Fantastic season from him, but is it going to translate over to this new line? Not playing with Patrick Kane anymore. Still playing with, you know, an albeit all-star in Claude Giroux and an upcoming star in Tim Stutzel. I really like this group. I think it's a very strong um, offensive scoring group. I feel like these numbers are going to be very good for these guys. Drew, 21 and 44 last year. Stutzel, 22 and 36. Debrinket, 41 and 37. While I don't think Debrinket's goal totals will go up, I do see his assist totals going up. And honestly, I feel like all of these guys are in line for – uh, big increases in their stats, like Drew going over 21 total goals. I feel like that's an easy threshold. Stutzel 22, the same. You know, the assists, I feel like each of these guys could be at 40 plus. I, I like targeting all of these guys. Debrinket went in the third round of my 16 round draft, Stutzel in the eighth, and Giroux in the sixth. So you have kind of like a nice little segue between each player's value where you can say, like, hey, this is a line that I want to attack. If I can't get to Brinkett, I don't have to move him up my board. I don't have to be really aggressive with him because I will be able to get some value back on this line from Stutzel potentially in the, the fifth or sixth or Giroux in the sixth or seventh, depending on, you know, obviously how the draft picks are falling. Uh, dude, absolute home run group here for me. I really hope they don't get broken up. What are your thoughts about these three? Yeah, I don't see any real sell candidates here. I think all three of these guys are definitely buy candidates, definitely someone that you should invest draft capital in. And when you look at a guy like Tim Stutzel, he's still young. Playing with these guys is uh, only going to increase his payday coming up here. Um, Claude Giroux coming off a solid season with the Panthers or half season, getting to get a chance to play alongside Alex Dabrinka, who also, again, former 40-goal scorer just last season. And I would almost argue that I like this line more than the Kane Strom to Brinkett line last year in Chicago. Because that, that line last yeah, that line last year for us was one of the only lines that could really get production going. You had Kane who had sixty plus assists, the Brinkett who had forty goals, and then Strom who was just that power forward center. And so as a whole, I like this line more. I think there's a lot more skill than that line. I definitely think um, if there's someone I would give more value to someone that you can get in the later rounds. Like you said, Claude Giroux is definitely the guy. I think no matter uh, wherever you get these guys, I think one of them is going to be solid. And uh, 
like you said, you lose out on one of them, you can definitely get another one in the later rounds. Definitely fire mm-hmm. up some Ottawa Senators and definitely fire up this line. And let me ask you this. Do you think that Ottawa sneaks into a wild card this year? Do you think they're there yet? Or do you think they just missed the postseason? It's really, it's really tough to say because it's kind of just changing the conversation in the room. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that Brady to Chuck, DeBrinket, and Claude Giroux are enough. I don't really love their back end. I don't like their back six. Uh, I think they could be buyers potentially mm-hmm. at the deadline, and maybe you can make make some things happen there. Don't love their defense. Can you name me a few players on their defense without looking? Uh, sure. Thomas Shabbat, Artem Zub, Travis Hamanick, Jake Sanderson. So you got it. You got it down here. Eric mm-hmm. uh, Eric Brandstrom, Travis Hamanich, Nikita Zaitsev. Some un- uninspiring names, we'll say. And even Artem Zub and Sanderson, kind of the same. Like, they have Thomas Shabbat is what I was going to say. Like, that's about mm-hmm. it. Um, don't really have anyone hurt. Not really missing anybody. This is their lineup, you know. So, it's mm-hmm. – I don't know. Yeah, they're going to be very front-heavy. They start mixing up some of that talent. Like, you may have to put Claude Giroux on the third line. You know, you may have to mm-hmm. spread these guys out a little bit. Or uh, Drake uh, Batherson on, on the on the third line, something like that. Um, they've got some speed and some physicality on their fourth line, Tyler Mott and Alex Watson, but I, man, I don't know if that's enough to fill them in. You know, the, the top lines can definitely run them up, but I don't know if mm-hmm. the bottom six can even fill them in. So yeah, they're definitely a, a coin flip. I would say to make the playoffs at this point, make one or two moves here throughout the season. And I think they, they could definitely get there. Mm-hmm. What I'm excited to see is, uh, Matthew Joseph gets up in the lineup a little bit. He's mm-hmm. someone that we kind of talked about at the end of the year last year. When he came over, he was on fire. And so right. I wouldn't be surprised if his uh, production shows an uptick on that third line, that they bump a Drake Batherson down the line three and bump him up. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, this lineup on terms of offense is very interchangeable. I like where you're thinking on defense. I don't think that they're there yet, but I think uh, Anton Forsberg has a challenge ahead of him as Cam Talbot's out five to seven weeks. But I think once you get both of those two going in the lineup, I think uh, they're pretty solid in the net. It's just that defense you got to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll see. Devils are in the details. That's that's for sure. But you know what we do love? Their offense. <laughs> top, the top six looks great. All right. Last last one up here. And I think we'll turn this into a, a two-parter as well because uh, you put this one on here, the line two for the Capitals, Dylan Strom, Anthony Mantha, and Connor McMichael. Um, I actually thought that Connor Brown was on that line for some reason. Connor Brown is on the top line with Evgeny uh, Kuznetsov and Alex Ovechkin. Love to see that. Like I said, he was the last pick there. So what do you think about Connor Brown on that top line? And then we'll go into the second line. Yeah, I think Connor Brown on the top line. If he stays there, it's definitely going to be someone that you put some draft capital in. Like you said, you got him in the last round of our 10-team, uh, 16-round draft. And I think, yeah, when he's playing on that line, he's definitely going to get a lot of assists. But he's going to be moving the – I think he'll be move, moving the puck to Ovi and Kuznetsov a lot, and I still think he'll get some goals, but he's going to get a lot of assists. But mm-hmm. I will be curious to see if he uh, stays, on, stays on that line because you do have some guys that can uh, play on that first line, like a Mantha, mm-hmm. probably a Timothy Jimothy Oshie, probably a Connor Sheary. I think there's a lot of guys. They're very uh, interchangeable to play with those two guys. But if Connor Brown is staying there, I would definitely invest some capital in him for sure. See, that's the thing is like I, I picked him with my last pick, but I don't expect him mm-hmm. to stay there because right now they have Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson both out of the lineup. And at some point, right. Tom, 
Tom Wilson's going to come back, and that's just a yeah. spot. I don't, mm. I don't know if it's Ovechkin that keeps him there or ownership, but they just they do not split those guys up. And Tom Wilson loves to log those top top line minutes. So mm-hmm. um, him and Backstrom, I'm not really sure what their injuries are. I know that they're out right now. Um, if they're more long term, then obviously Brown will have a little bit more value, but it's going to dip in at some point. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely a good value to start the season. But as you start to see Wilson uh, get more healthy, and you see um, Backstrom get more healthy, you're going to want to, you know, kind of take that time to pivot off of Brown and sell him. Um, hopefully you could get some value out of him, maybe like in a trade or something before, you know, he would lose everything altogether. I could see, honestly, Mantha and Brown winding up on the second line together. Right now, the second line, we'll get to that group. We have Connor McMichael, Dylan Strom, and Anthony Mantha. What are your thoughts on this group? This is a really interesting group. I, Anthony I Mantha is... By the way, I, I absolutely hate it, but go ahead. I think... Uh, Anthony Mantha, I think if anyone was a buy candidate, I think he's a buy candidate for sure. Mm-hmm. I think toward he hasn't gotten a full season with Washington yet, but mm-hmm. I think getting a full season under his belt will do him some justice. Um, and then you look at a Dylan Strome. Um, he's someone who uh, I don't see him doing as much without a Patrick Kane. Or to um, it. Yeah, to bring it. Having those two guys play next to you is going to. It's going to help your production a little bit. And then a Connor McMichael, who, um, yeah, just very underwhelming, I think. Um, there's a lot. There's been a lot of higher expectations for him, and he just hasn't been able to meet those. Played on the fourth line last year, didn't really do much. Now in the second line, um, we'll see what he does there. But for a really strong Capitals team, like you said, this is a really underwhelming second line. I would really like to see probably – uh, TJ Oshie slot in on this line or a Connor Sheary. Yeah. I think there's definitely other options for sure that it'll come in on this line. And I think that it will change once you have Tom Wilson back in the lineup and once you have Nick Backstrom. I think once that happens, Dylan Strom is definitely your third line center. And I think that's the role he's meant to be in. He's not mm-hmm. a first or second line guy. He's a solid third line depth player. And I right. think he'll do well in that role once those guys are back. But in the meantime, definitely sell McMichael and Strom. And definitely uh, keep an eye out on Mantha because I still think there's uh, some room for him to produce. Yeah, none of these guys are drafted, I think, in either draft I've done so far. <laughs> uh, definitely we're taking in some some best puck drafts. I know we talked about Strom last week on our mm-hmm. episode. But, yeah, these guys are, are really off the radar. Connor Mick. Michael, not Connor McDavid. (laughs) (laughs) Close, yeah. Wrong second last name. (laughs) Nine goals, nine assists last year. Not quite the next 99. Strom, 22 and 26, like we said, playing alongside DeBrinket and Kane. You have to expect those numbers to go down, I I think. And Mantha, just nine and 14 last year. Like, I would much, like you had said, I'd much rather see Connor Sheary on the second line. I Mm -hmm. am not a TJ Oshi enthusiast unless he's wearing a USA hockey jersey and even then mm. I'm still like, shaking my fist at the screen like damn you <laughs> stop it I, I will mm. never appreciate TJ Oshi after his time in St. Louis that's just like an ultimate hate can't do it um, mm. yeah I, I'd like to see him or Connor Sheary probably move up in this lineup or even Marcus Johansson who I think has plenty of off- offensive pulse to him can definitely uh, get on the ice and generate a spark and get some looks to the net so I favor, I mean, honestly, like line three right now looks like Lars Eller, Lars Eller, TJ Oshie, and Marcus Johansson. Like, that sounds like mm. a better second line to me than Strom, Mantha, and McMichael. Um, I mean, they're definitely going to be a little mm. bit more bruisers out there. 
Mantha can mm-hmm. score, but he lays the body. Strom, like you said, just re- I, I mean, he's a power forward based on his size and his length. And, mm-hmm. you know, just he's not like going to be overly aggressive, but he get, he gets in the corners. He uses his reach like he, he's, he's someone that can dig the puck out of the corners for sure. Mm-hmm. Con- Connor McMichael is just that dude like he's just going to beat you up. Like that's about it. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, it's a real big line because what Mantha's six five got mm-hmm. Strom towering in around six four, six three. Mm-hmm. I know I wouldn't want to get on the ice next to those big dudes. Run them up and fill them in, baby. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all we got for today. It was a good show. You got anything to share with the folks before we head out? Yeah, check me out on Twitter at FaceOffWithOZ for some fantasy hockey content, all NHL content, and maybe some college hockey content now. Maybe oh. get a little bit going over there with the college puck, and I uh, hope you all check it out. I'm a little disappointed that I cannot bet on Division Three hockey yet. <laughs> <laughs> I will find a way. Um, I have some insider information. I'm going to use it to my the best of my knowledge. I mean, I know you guys are going to be laying like, you know, plus, I don't know, 650 in most of your mm. matchups. But uh, right. if, I, if I can get a spread of like the plus eight, I might take it. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? The NFL? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. <laughs> some, some of these totals well, I'm seeing, yeah. I mean, yeah, Purdue did put a football score on us, but they're also Purdue. Per dome is what they are. All right. We're, we're going to head out. Everybody take care. Be well. Uh, you can find me at Twitter on Twitter at, excuse me, SGPNJB, running fantasy hockey, running fantasy football. We got all the good stuff over for you with, for you over here at SGPN. Take care. Be well. Be good. And uh, as always, if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.